I can see the driveway from here. And my wife actually said to me yesterday, uh, she pulled up in the family wagon and obviously parked next to the 996. And she went, that car needs a clean. And she went, it's just... <laughs> and I went, what do you mean? It's been like that for years. And she went, seriously, it's just going to fall apart and then you'll be sorry. Before we start today's show, I'd like to thank today's Porsche Talk supporter, Optics Nano Technologies. It's a 100% Australian-owned and operated family business based in Perth, Western Australia. The local brand was started by Des, the founder of the well-known Perth detailing shop Auto FX WA. After affiliating with different brands and learning how cutthroat an industry can be, Des decided that he needed to create his own. Optics offers a range of products that everyday people Two, expert detailers can use to achieve a stunning result without having to invest too much money. To support other Australian businesses, they source products that are local. Majority of the packaging, including bottles, labels, caps, and triggers are sourced locally as well. About 90% of their products, like the liquids, are filled in-house and labelled in-house. You may notice some variation, which is simply because it isn't done in a factory. However, this can't always be the case so they have to source some products outside of Australia, as most companies do anyway. With their brand, they hope to connect people with their passion for detailing and to promote a good culture. They understand firsthand how companies and industries can be, and that is why they want to be the breath of fresh air for customers. Instead of smoke and mirrors, they'll tell you how it is and what their products can do. Reach out to them if you need to clean your car, unlike Ajmal, to optics.net.au. That's optix.net.au. Anyway, on with today's show. G'day, Ajmal. How are you today, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Now, I've got, got to pick up something you just said. You <laughs> said optic. Did you say optic nanotechnology? I did. See, when I watched, I watch a lot of Marvel movies because I used to read the comics when I was a kid. And I feel like they can explain anything away by just saying it's nanotech. Nano. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon you're 100% right. Nanotech. But, you know, it sounds current. <laughs> it does. But it's almost like, you know, when Iron Man has his suit, his, his clothes turn into his Iron Man suit. Sounds like nanotech. And, and you know, yeah, people go, whoa, and he goes, nanotech. Yeah. <laughs> and then you don't really say anything else. He's explained it. But there's and his, uh, his boys there in the, sh in the shop where they make their own car care products in-house. It's a great family-run business, and they actually offer some great products that I've been using for a little while now and have helped me out in making sure that my cars can look their best with my ability, which is somewhat z little to zero, which, let's face it, might oh. put you into the negative. Well, my uh, my wife actually said to me, because I'm looking, I can see the driveway from here, and my wife actually said to me, Yesterday, uh, she pulled up in the family wagon and obviously parked next to the 996. And she went, that car needs a clean. And she went, it's just... <laughs> and I went, what do you mean? It's been like that for years. And she went, seriously, it's just going to fall apart and then you'll be sorry. <laughs> and I thought... She's right, yeah, you will be sorry. Yeah, I will be sorry. And the thing is, I went out in it um, probably about two days ago with with her. And you don't want to fire it up and the, the tiny chain guys make that oh god awful noise when you fire it up. And then the exhaust is now leaking. And she's just looking at me going, that that doesn't that sounds different. It's more like that no no, you've 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 misunderstood it. It's the look of are we gonna get there? 
No, she knows we'll get there. <laughs> but I've done, I've taken the, the child seat out. My daughter's five now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the child seat out the back. Um, and because obviously she could just fit in there. It's like a little bucket in the back. So she just stuffs in. Um, obviously, the problem I've got now is because I took the seat pad off. Because it's it's only velcroed in the seat pad. Of course, the nine nine six. Yeah, so I took it out. I don't know where it is. So I need to find that. <laughs> so you got to sit so she, on the carpet. She can't actually. So she can't actually sit in there. She has to sit behind me, which is annoying. Because even though she's only five, uh, the 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 fact that she has legs means I have to move the seat forward. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's, so it's uncomfortable. It's a bit rubbish. And then it's a bit rubbish. You know when you're going on a dad daughter drive, mm-hmm. it's a bit rubbish when she's sat behind you. And you're when you're talking to her, you have to look in the rearview mirror properly yeah, and reach yeah. up. And tell me, as well, in, the, in the UK, what when is she allowed to sit in the front? Uh, I think you have to. They have to be something like 135 centimeters. Ah, okay. So, so she can sit in the front in a child seat. Yes, uh, which is fine. And I've got one. I could put that in the front. Um, but when she's a 135 centimeters, I think she can sit without a seat in the front. Sure. Um, I'm sure one of the listeners will correct me there, but my younger daughter, that's what I did with her, but she's she's way taller than that now, so that's fine. Ah, uh, okay. Um, but it, but with this one, I, I'm going to keep her in the back for a bit longer. Um, just uh, she's not quite the one meter thirty five. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I also have to apologize. My my voice is going a little bit because I've got a cold. Um, which is why I've had to shave my January beard. It's the 31st of January, and I shaved my beard off over a week ago. My January, my manuary beard. Manuary? I've never heard of this before. I mean, you know, I've, I've been calling it manuary for about 15 years. I've heard of fanuary. I beg your pardon? I've not heard of such a thing. Well, we'll talk about it offline because that's not this type of podcast. The... How's the week been, to... other than the... Uh, well, the... hang on, hang on. I've got to tell you about it. I shaved it off. I shaved it off because I got a cold. And then you must with, with the snot, you blow your nose. Yeah, it just gets stuck in your in your forever wiping snot out of your moustache. So I had to shave it off. But the week uh, since we last spoke has been pretty good. So my garage doors, two weeks today are going in i haven't which is a huge milestone haven't done anything about the flooring yet but i i am thinking i'm going to try the the sticky tiles and i know you're right because if it doesn't work there'll be this you know sticky adhesive on there that i'll never remove but um and you're right i, I thought about like carpet tiles and stuff you're right if you ever turn the wheel they're just going to come up I never thought of that. Um, and I have to I have to book the car in to get the rear shocks done and 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 the exhaust and the exhaust. I, I think I'm gonna have to get the header bolts drilled out, I reckon. Look, don't worry, give it to Jack. Just tell him to fix it. Well, the last time I took it to Jack, he did the control arms on the back, the low the coffin arms. Yes, yes. And and he wasn't happy. Because everything because, was rusted closed, basically. Yeah. yeah. And 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 basically if he takes a couple of bolts off and the third or fourth one is rusted on or it snaps, the car is stuck on his lift 
and he can't just move it out of the way and put another car on there. I just want to say, Jack has lived in the UK a while, potentially his whole life. He deals with piles of shit like yours. I'm oh, oh, sorry, quality vehicles like yours. And for I cannot for the life of me understand how this can frustrate him because this is actually his bread and butter. Does he think cars are coming no. through with full stainless fittings or something? I'm just curious as to what he thinks is turning up to his door that's going to be any worse or better than yours. I don't think he gets uh, cars in that state very often. Okay. So now, now, Currently, obviously, it's it's got Lanogard all it's coated all yeah. under all the trailer yeah. removed, cleaned because I had all that welding done. Lanogard everywhere, so it's clean. Uh, but the rear shock absorbers are terrible because <clears throat> I can actually feel it just bouncing on the springs. Because when it when you hit a bump, it just wants to change direction because the backs just bouncing independently of each other. Um, and now the exhaust is like making that noise. And then you know when you when you're in that territory and you're going oh but those but those timey chain guys are making all that noise as well and I, I don't want to go into the take the engine out because suddenly you're into the clutch IMS carrier. Do you have uh, to? Do you have to take the engine out? Do the guys? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, you're rooted. Exactly. So then you're in. You know, you're in for three grand minimum. Um, no, so works for nothing, I, my I friend. I was going to say, I don't want to do that because I haven't got the money, but at the same time, I am still using it. <laughs> I've just got this horrible feeling that one day the exhaust is going to fall off or something. In in exactly the same type of social location as when the exhaust guard fell off. You pull up somewhere that's half important to you, either socially or work-wise, oh, yes. and it'll drop on the road. <laughs> yeah. It'll, something like that will happen. Um Although, I mean, that, yeah, like, um, yeah, when it fell off, when I went to, I was in Bristol or whatever. Wherever it was, yeah. And that came off. And you just think, oh, bloody hell. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's been it's been that kind of week. But the weather is improving, which I feel like is a bit of a, a false dawn because we're still in January. Yes, yes. Um, but it's been kind of 12, 13, 14 degrees, which is kind of crazy for January. Um, but I'm, I'm glad the, the salt has gone off the roads. Um, and other than that, it's it's been fairly quiet. There's a, a cars and coffee event coming up at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Will you be attending? Which I've just I've just realised I haven't signed up for it. It's the West Berkshire Brewery Cars and Coffee that PJ organises. Oh, I love a love uh, a brewery based um event. Well, it used to, it started as just I think PJ just did it. You made an arrangement with the guys, and it just it became too popular. Oh, so it was okay. massively because it wasn't ticketed or anything. It was massively oversubscribed, and and also you get a few you know Belens turn up who who are who are driving like it's a tiny sleepy village where it is. Yep, and people turning up in you know in their old BMW three series E thirties or whatever, you know looking in the Ratlet and and you know doing burnouts and stuff like that and. You know, we're starting to think, hang on, we're going to get banned. Here. Yes. Um, so uh, he ticketed it. So you, you now have to buy a ticket. I think the ticket's like five or ten quid or whatever. Sure. But it's it goes to charity, and it just means you're controlling the numbers, which is brilliant. Uh, and the fact that he's it's become such a big effort for him when originally he just went, hey, guys, let's go and have a coffee and coffee, and now he's got an event to organise, like, every few weeks. 
um but it's really good and there's a membership as well which i just need to sign up for which means you just get a ticket yeah i think yeah, it's yeah. 30 pounds and you just you just get a ticket for whenever there's an event you just turn up yep uh so i need to do that um i'm hoping i'll go at the weekend i haven't checked what the family diary is doing yes yes what about you well the week is sweltering uh... it actually has been like february is historically the hottest month of the year for us right and today i had to do a bit of vehicle shuffling as i've mentioned before i keep a car or two out at a different location and we sort of rotate them around and I've, I've mentioned last episode that I've replaced the lower con- rear control arms on my wife's TT due to a, something's hit one of them that no one seems to be able to explain. And um, so I had to get in for a wheel alignment and there's a place across the road from where I had to work today. So I dropped it in and then I'd do some van delivery run around Perth and then the alignment was finished. So I take that out to swap it over the 356, which was in storage at the time. And just as I'm pulling in, it's 46 degrees Celsius, right? Oh, Celsius. Yeah. Oh. And, and I'm picking up an air-cooled car. Okay. <laughs> and, oh. oh, there's a bit of a breeze in, but it is a hot breeze. It's like, you know, I don't even know how to explain how hot it is. You get the idea at 46 degrees, right? Now, yeah. just keep in mind, this suburb's very um, industrial, so there's a lot of bitumen around, a lot of concrete tilt-up buildings. Oh, That's God. amplifying the heat, the actual... I think at that moment in time, the maximum in Perth itself in the city, this is in between the Perth and the airport, this suburb. And I think in the city it was probably 42, but it's 46 out there. And I'm fortunate enough to live on the coast. So it's about every, like it's right near where I used to work for 25 years. It's the, the way it's backed onto my old warehouse and office where I used to work. So I'd commute every day out to this location and it, it was consistently 10 degrees cooler by the time I get home. Right. So as I'm driving towards the coast and the breeze is coming in off the ocean, of course it cools down. And by the time I get home, it's about 36, 37 degrees. So it was much more pleasant. And um, it's 36. It's just over here. That's kind of bordering on record breaking. Oh yeah. I I know you're bursting the flames. I understand. Right. Exactly. And, and also, I mean, cause my brother lives on like sunshine coast. Yeah. And he, you know, when he sends me the weather, uh, screen down for the weather and it's like 32 degrees and it's 10 o'clock at night yeah it's like oh my god that's just you have to have air conditioning but then you're making the climate problem worse the um yeah look it's it's an interesting conundrum you know the uh it's a spiraling increase of temperature no matter which yes. way you look at it okay but most australian homes and this is a generalization. I appreciate listeners, right? That we actually all have solar. So we run our aircon during the day to keep the house cool. We very rarely pay very much to do so. You know, so we're not drawing off the grid during those moments to keep the house cool during the day. But that aside, I'll tell you what, he's had some, he has been belted in the last week because they've had high temperatures and high humidity. Yeah. It was um, ridiculous. Yeah. Because he said, oh, the humidity is whatever the number was, he told me. And I went, hang on, that's like underwater. Isn't yeah, it? It's like, it was like 96% and 38 yeah, degrees something or something like that. like that, you know. And uh, But anyway, it is what it is. We don't get the humidity here in Perth. We are dry desert heat. And when I say desert, I mean suck the, suck the moisture out of your body or we all look like prunes. Like you're looking at me right now on the screen. I'm only 11 years old. 
this is what you end up looking like, all right? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, and, see- and uh, for, for the listeners, and that's your weather update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so then cruise the, cruise the beach on the way home. Nice. Yep, yep. So that was, uh, I definitely had to just pull up the beach and have a swim just to drop the core body temperature after being inside a car with no air conditioning in that temperature driving home. And um, the car hasn't been started for three weeks, possibly. Maybe four. A trickle charger? Yes, yes, yes. But, and it hates being ignored. No different to the 912. You know, that that stubborn first start, but after that, it, it sort of forgives you, right? The um... Mine, doesn't, mine doesn't forgive you at all, <laughs> ever. But yeah, look, it drove beautifully, even in that temperature. The temperature gauge never got past, oh, the oil temp never got past half, you know, so the car was running very nicely and, you know, the idle dropped back down below a 1,000 RPM when you pull up at the lights. All that, it did everything it's supposed to do now, all that other stuff sorted out, you know. So that was quite pleasing because, you know, let's face it, not many people are going to drive a 356 in temperatures greater than that. If you Actually, listeners, if you do, reach out to me. I would love to hear about it. Send me, DM me or something. I'd love it. I'd love to see a photo of you driving your car in temperatures greater than 46 degrees, right, if you had an air-cooled oh, Porsche. The sun. <laughs> no, hey, listen, we don't, cop, we don't receive emails from the planet Mercury either. Now, the... um. What else has happened uh, car-wise? Let me have a think in the garage. I think that might be it. Oh, I've had a few people kick the tyres on the GT4 now that it's, you know, because it's on the market. Um, no one's cut a check as yet, but I feel like the market might be turning a little bit, my friend. I've had some low-ball offers, as you can imagine, like always happens for cars like that. And the a lot of people saying it's only worth X, and all the cars are marketed at a price worth Y. However, no cars are changing hands. So there we're at a bit of a stalemate in that gap in between at the moment, if you get my drift. Yeah. Which is curious. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. I, with what's happening in North America and a little bit in the UK as well with used car prices, it seems to have a bit of a bounce back following the, uh, I guess, uh, drop in values with the interest rate rises globally, it's like, you know, the US has had, what, three interest rate cuts in the uh, last couple of months. Australia's staring down the barrel of one at the next um, Reserve Bank meeting. So, it, you know, that has an impact on the psychology of people buying cars at this price point. I don't know. I mean, because over here, obviously cars like mine are on the crustier end of the market. Sure, but you know they've gone up. All right, they've gone up over like the last five years. But that's, I think, just a natural. They they dipped, right? Yeah, the only yep. way was up. Yeah. Um, but then the obviously nine six fours are stratospheric. People are asking for stupid money, and again, not a massive amount of them changing hands. But the the really good ones will always change hands, right? Because yep. people think I'm not going to lose any money. Yeah, they'll pay a premium the for are, it. Exactly, and the ones that are kind of you know fair to middling. You go, you know, you go, oh, that might be reachable for me is suddenly, you know, 10 grand more than it was. But that's the 964 and the 964 is kind of the flavor of the month. Yep. Yep. Um, but whereas I was looking at um, like a, a, a G body, early, early G body, narrow, narrow one. Yeah. 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 Uh, Targa 911. So it was 2.7. It's about and... as cheap as an air cooled 911 you can buy, I reckon, a, a 2.7 litre. 
Targa G-Body. That'd be the cheapest 911 on the market today, I reckon, if you want air-cooled. If you want air-cooled, yes. Yep. Yep. And and I thought, do you know what? I could get into one of those um, and still have still have about 10 grand left over if I sold my 912. Um, now, I, obviously, when I look at it, and I think my 912 looks so much better. <laughs> it's a much better looking car, but the the G Body 911 is is much more modern. Just in the way, obviously, it's going to be, you know, uh, more reliable. There's going to be more performance, but I'm not really bothered about that. I don't think I when I drive my 912, I never think, oh, it needs more oomph. Um, but but it, you know, I think you can get like AC ones. Um. Yeah, you can get ones with air conditioning. It's not going to work though. Uh, it's not going to work. Yeah, pretty much. I think you're like ninety nine point nine percent sure that it's not going to work. Yeah. Look, Ajmal, walk away. Like, can I tell you something about the nine twelve? Well, then. This car has got class. This car's got style. <laughs> this class of oh, this car turns heads. This car, it's a long hood. Right. Yeah. If you're getting into a G body, mm. as much as, as exciting as that wraparound rear window is, it doesn't quite have the same silhouette as a in a Targa as it does in a coupe, right? Uh, I mean long hood, you uh, I, in terms of how it looks, it, it doesn't get any It doesn't. It's peak I mean, 911 aesthetic, isn't it? Narrow body long yeah. hood is the prettiest 911. Yeah, it is. And so, so which is why I was thinking of if you're going to get out of that, you've got to only go to something that's aspirational, not a middling. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of, you know, when when you have a favorite, right? You have a, you have a favorite, no eleven, for example. Sure. And everyone's favorite changes over a period of time, and obviously the long hood ones, my favorite. But sometimes, you know, I like the uh, I like the nine six four sometimes. Uh, but for me, at the moment, the narrow body G body, I kind of like the look of that at the moment. But the the thing that's stopping me going for it is the fact that I'd have to get rid of my nine twelve, and that's kind of I know it needs work. I know it doesn't drive properly, but um, all, all those things are easily fixable. I do so, it, yeah. Look, okay, I get it if you go into a 964 because I know that's an aspirational car for you, right? I feel yeah. like the G-Body is a stepping stone, but it's one of those ones that's halfway through the step if you're crossing a creek. Yeah. And it's a 2.7, which don't get me wrong, are beautiful driving cars. They, I love the way they rev, all that sort of stuff, but they're not talky. They're notorious for, you know, the head studs, you know, if you if you yeah. if your little sphincter clenches with the work you're doing your nine nine six, I can assure you it's yeah. going to be clapping with the um the two point seven. Well, I don't want a clapping sphincter. So, but the the I you know I reckon I could do an engine build. But the thing is, you know, Jeff from Home Build, Jeff. Yeah, he was uh, a two point seven. But he was saying how much it costs to, and he does all the work himself. He machines stuff. He does everything himself. Yeah, yeah. And when he said, he said it costs more to rebuild these 911 engines than to buy a Ferrari engine. Yeah, but, and, and you're not even comparable. Not even comparable. 
it costs nearly three times as much to rebuild his 2.7 to a 2.8 than to buying a 360 Ferrari engine. That's mad, isn't it? It's the worst dollar per horsepower you can actually buy in the market. Oh, they're just, you know, everything's machined. It's probably done via a computer. There's none of this production line. I'll tell you anymore. why. I'll, I can tell you exactly why. What premium? No, no, look, look, there's that cult premium, you know, the cult of Porsche that all our listeners are unknowingly attending. The yep. That has some aspect of it, but you cannot get around the fact they just didn't build any cars. It took them till what year was it? 1998 or whatever it was to get to 1 million cars. Yeah. Kia, Kia yeah, will build 1 pro- million electric cars this year. Yeah. It took them 50 yeah, I mean, years the, to build a million cars. Because the first mass produced 911 was the 996, wasn't it? That was well, the first mass I don't, produced. I don't know what, what, can, what the term mass produce actually means. I don't know. Because I think it was, you know, 90,000 a year or something when they make it. Well, what, oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, what determines the term mass produced. I don't know what yeah. that means. Well, maybe production line. Maybe it's the production line. I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah, it just seems just awful the, the, the fact that as soon as you need to rebuild something on an old portion. And, you know, it's it's. I'm going to say it. Okay. Everyone probably thinks it. But it's not far off. Like, if, you know, if you rebuilt a VW Beetle engine, one point six. No problem. Go and do it, Ashmal. You go and have a look at how much money that costs you. Really? Yes. Man, I want to get myself like a a machining thing. Oh, let me know how this goes for you. I can't wait. This is going yeah. to be great content for the channel. And make stuff. Yeah, and I can then sell it as hand handmade. Oh, yeah, easy. Yeah, great. I can't wait <laughs> for this. <laughs> you know, when they used to sell cars and they go, it's handmade, and you go, I don't want my cars handmade. Yeah. <laughs> I want it made by a machine. Yeah, can somebody bring the robot in, please? Because I want a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what happened last week that I haven't covered. I went to, I was up in, last weekend was, okay, I'm going to get a little bit political here, okay, unintentionally, yeah. Australia Day last weekend, right? And the reason mm-hmm. it's political is a certain representation of the Australian community believe it's not suitable to refer to it or have that holiday anymore because of what it represents of Australia and the date and etc. But I'm not going to get into details of that. But that's what the public holiday is for. So we all had a public holiday last weekend in Australia, national one, right? I go up to um Geraldton, which is up I've been spoken about the town a few times on the channel, you know, five, six hundred Ks north of here. So what's that 380 miles? And um there was the local but the pop the town of Geraldton, the city of Geraldton has a population of about I think about 23, 24,000 people. So the local car club, there's only one car club there called the Classic and Veteran Car Club. Mate, if you want to see yeah. variety, a country town car club, right, of uh, the car variety was incredible. You know, I'm talking early model Defenders. Actually, they weren't even called Defenders back then. They are just Land Rovers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, from those through to um, Stayapook ex-army personnel carriers to GT Falcons, which are the muscle car of Australia and Tiranas through to oh. American Cadillacs. And um, some guy turns up in an XR2 Fiesta, right, from about 91, right? 
Did you have those over there? Well, yeah. And um, but this is the how wide the breadth and some some people bring in completely um oh, what are they called? Um uh unrestored um drivers. Some people have got polished within an inch of their life, only ever come out for this day a year. You know what I mean? So the variety of personalities that are at this event was it was a cracker. I loved it. There's, a, there's about maybe 30, 40 cars there, right? But every you see an alpha man. No, there were no alphas. In fact, there's very little Euro stuff. I want to say Euro, I mean mainland Euro, not UK Euro, right? Because of Brexit, we can't use the term Euro anymore for UK cars. And, and we're still in Europe. No, no, you're not. No, you guys are outliers. And um, it feels like it feels like we're the okay. priors. Hey, let me yeah. let me word it differently. There weren't many continental cars. How's that? Okay. Yep. Not even uh, a Renault Fuego. No, 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 no. The um, the local menu, the General Motors equivalent of that car in Australia. I thought about this. It was actually called a um, Holden, which is the General Motors brand in Australia, yeah. right? Was called a Piazza. That's where you. Oh yes, yes. Is that um? That's Holden still Vauxhall. It's the, it's well, Holden doesn't Vauxhall, exist but... anymore. They don't make Holden cars anymore. It's been shut down. But the Piazza, and... yeah, I recognise that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, the, anyway, the um that aside, the um but yeah, the variety of cars were a cracker, and the people, the people around these cars. You know, I went and took a photo of a Mustang. It was a about a 70 Mustang that the owner was, you and he would have been brothers in arms, right? This car has never been washed. He proudly told me. I right. washed, I have washed my car. I'll have you know. This decade? I have this decade. Since 2020, Just you've washed, you've washed your car since 2020. Yeah, I washed it in 2021. Anyway, parking it in the rain doesn't count. I think I've got photographic evidence. It's 2021. <laughs> anyway. Post it. The, so, and it's got rust through it, and it's got, you know, leaves inside the car and all this stuff. And he, and he saw me looking at the car and taking some photos. He goes, you, you want to have a look inside? And I go, yeah, I do want to have a look inside. This is this is mint. I love the fact you drive this car. He says, yeah, I bought it off a divorcee. She hated this car. And that's what she, she you know, so she sold it to me for five grand. Yeah. <laughs> So he bought it for nothing. And he says, yeah, one day I reckon I'll have enough money to restore it. But until then, I'm just driving it. Why would you restore a car like that? If you're getting the same enjoyment out of just driving it, I think you get less enjoyment out of driving an immaculate car because you're just terrified of damaging it. Yeah, look, I, I, I wonder the same thing. But there, look, to me, there's a middle ground. There's restoration of perfection and there's structural yep. restoration so the car drives nice and it's presentable yeah. to your own um, tolerance level. I think, you know what I mean? I think there's, a, there's that type of middle ground. Then there's concourse, right, which no one wants that car. Well, I certainly don't, you know, because I like my cars looking presentable. I like them looking clean. I like them looking pretty. And yeah. I, I clean them to the point where I know where the bits aren't done. But most people that look at them just appreciate them because they look nice as a car in general, and it's a and it's a presentable version. Yeah, that's true. See, I'm I I like the 
I want it to be sort of mechanically right. I want it to be reliable. I want it to be serviced. But um, I just need those three things fixed on mine, and it would be all of those things. Because obviously all the service records, the brakes, everything's all up to spec. Yeah, It is literally just the shock absorbers, exhaust, and timing chain guides. Time chain, those yeah, three yeah. things. So it's the timing chain guides is the one that I'm putting off, because obviously engine out. But the others, because the exhaust, I know the header studs are going to be they they just they're just gonna be dust. Yeah, <laughs> just smack them with a hammer and they'll just shatter and fall out. You reckon? Yeah, I, I, I when I first got it and I took it to Jack. Um, well, how long about it now? Five five years. Um, and he touched the one of the header studs in it, and a bit of it came off. That was five years ago. <laughs> so it's 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 unlikely. I mean, it it wouldn't have miraculously repaired itself, would it? It wouldn't have repaired itself. But the the thing is, it depends where it's leaking because it, it started making that noise. You know when I told you Jack fitted the exhaust tips? Yes. And once he'd fitted those, obviously he, he would have, you know, manhandled the exhaust. And I feel like there was probably some clamp somewhere that was too corroded or something that I'm hoping it's something he's going to go, oh, yeah, it's just that clamp that's broken. But he's probably going to go. You know what? You need a new exhaust system. And I would. And I think most people would disagree. But I think I would go with the standard one. I think it's got an aftermarket one fitted. But I think I'll fit the standard one. But I don't what's, want it to be too loud. What's that mod that everyone does to nine nine six? Is it a Gundo mod or something like that? Gundo, Gundo hack. Yeah, that's I think where they put another pipe in. Yeah, some bypass or something like that. Bypass. Yeah. Yeah. Some... I think it's too loud. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I've never heard a car before and after. I, I, I've got no opinion. You know what I mean? No. I, I mean, you can't really tell on YouTube videos. No, I think you've just dropped out on me, Ashma. Well, Ajmal was just talking about how he's can't tell on YouTube videos how he's what the difference between a gundo hack and a non-gundo hack 996 is, I'm guessing. Hopefully he'll come back online in a second. Are you back? Yeah. Um, but I think I wouldn't I've heard you know, I've watched YouTube videos where people have gone before and after. I don't want it to be too loud. You know, I drive through a really sleepy, quiet sure. village. You don't want to be that guy. And I want yeah, and I don't want to be that guy, and but I would like it to sound great when you're really giving it someone a big open road. But I want it to be just from poodling around the local village. I don't want it to be loud. I don't want it to be, wake up the neighbours when I fire it up in the morning. Sure. So sure. Um, let's talk Porsche news for a second. Is there anything new apart Ooh. from uh, apart from the Ooh. racing? Yeah, they won the Daytona twenty four hours. It's the first really big event yeah. the new cars won, right? And Matt Campbell from yeah. Australia was one of the drivers. Yeah, and um, he gets one of the watches. Oh, the Rolex Daytona with winner written on the back of it. Wow, I can't believe Jensen Button was on the podium. It wasn't he, he was handing out the um, was he handing out the uh, trophies? No, he was third, he was a driver. What of Cadillac? Is that was it Cadillac that came third? Uh, it was it Pence? No. But he was driver on the third. He was third on the podium. Well, he's about one hundred and ninety-four years old, isn't he? In car driving no. years. No, but he, this is—he's just decided to come back to racing, and he's ended up on the podium. Didn't he race the um at the twenty-four hour? Didn't he race in that? Wasn't he one of the drivers of the NASCAR at the Le Mans last year? 
think he was. So I think he he'll be again this year. Sure. But I he's going to be in Porsche this year. No. I think he's going to be in Porsche. No, I don't know. But Porsche yeah, he's what he's. I think he's forty-four, and he yeah, retired. Okay. And he retired like eight years ago. I think he retired from Formula One in two thousand fifteen or sixteen. I do. Well, first way, I know that. Um... A previous podcast, a previous guest on the podcast, Patrick Long, he took like seventeen goes or something to win his watch. God, yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. The, it's uh, a like the yeah, racing car twenty four hours, and you know, it's, it's like a, not that I suspect there's an easy twenty four hour race, but that how short those laps are at Daytona, that can't be easy. My God, that's brutal. Those short laps, you know. No. And I think with Jens Button, I mean, he's when he finished doing racing, he started doing triathlons and stuff, didn't he? So it's not like he's, you know, he's he's gone and let himself go. And no, no, he's not. He's, he's, into it. No, he's not Jensen Button popped. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's he's definitely fit still. Yeah, and um, kind of I kind of thought, you know, someone like uh, I don't know, Fernando Alonso, obviously, you know, did. Uh, Daytona, and he's won Le Mans. Uh, you can imagine him doing that kind of thing. I never thought Jen, someone like Jensen Button would be doing that. I don't know why. I just thought he wouldn't. Look, Daytona is a Daytona is a big event in the USA, right? It's yeah. it is a big event in the USA. So I'd say it's as much to do with the fact doesn't he live in LA? Button. Yeah, he lives somewhere in the US. Yeah. Yeah, I think he lives in LA, and I think it's as much to do with the fact that he's there and you know, marketable and he's very involved with a lot of the automotive industry still in various yeah, ways, whether it's business. Business. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. There's much to do with that, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure he's got something to do with General Motors. You know, and hence oh. the Cadillac side of things and the NASCAR thing. And I'm sure it's something like that. But I'm sure if any listeners out there know more details than we do, which is probably most people, please don't hesitate to uh, reach out and uh, correct us on this. The... The other news is the pricing of the new McCann and the orders can get placed now. Oh, yeah, you sent me that um, screen grab. And you know when you go, that's got to be good. I, I was thinking oh, no, that, that was a McCann. That was, that was a KN. We'll come back to that in a second. Oh, was that a KN, was it? Yeah, it was a KN GT. You know, the top of the was a high, big, high-powered thing. The Nürburgring record holder, right? That car. But, yeah, <laughs> Why I know. Why would you want they and can, what's the what's the price? Tell us the price of that. Four. It's a demo, so it's not even. So it's used mildly, right? Four hundred and sixteen thousand Australian. So it's at two hundred thousand pounds. That's just ridiculous for a KN GT. Yeah, and you're only going to buy that. I'm sorry for anybody who's ordering it, but you're only going to buy that because you've got the money, right? You're not going. It doesn't matter that it's done the Nurburgring in whatever. Hang on, it doesn't hang on, hang matter. On. Wait. Back, 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 back. Yeah. You're only buying that if you can afford the depreciation. Because a $400,000 KN is not worth $400,000 about 11 minutes after it leaves that showroom. I'm going to wait until it gets down to £1,500. I want to buy one. Buy it. Yeah, look, you have to wait two or three years for that. Yeah. Like KN, uh, KN yeah, depreciation is brutal, right? Brutal. Well, I mean, it is if you look at some of the because I see I see them. You know, people driving around here from 
quite a long time ago, you know, bordering on 20 years ago. And you're looking at it and you know that's like a three grand car max. <laughs> uh, and that's assuming everything works on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's going to have big mileage, but, you know, I, I've used looking one driving yeah, yeah. down the road. Mm. But 99% of them are probably going to have serious problems that people are still driving them thinking, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. The But to give it like that same car, that same exact car, with some very minor changes is the same car that is the Audi RS Q8 and it is the Lamborghini Urus, right? Yeah. Performante, Urus Performante is the GT, right? Um, yeah. It's priced similarly to the Urus here in Australia, that GT. So, and the GT is actually apparently a better driving car than the Urus. But one's a Lambo and one's a Porsche, right? Whatever you want to do there, I don't care. Whatever your mentality is regarding the brand or the, the brands or the type of car that it is. And then you've got the RSQ8, which is about a hundred grand cheaper retail, right? But mm. it's a hundred grand cheaper only because it's an Audi, not because there's any other reason other than that, right? But when we talk about depreciation, I like I looked at RSQ8s recently here in Australia, a two-year-old one, like new, they're about 300-ish. Right, a two oh, year yeah. a two year old one is one hundred and twenty grand, Ashma. Yeah, but the thing is, if you're looking at that and going, "Oh, I fancy one of those," I know I'll get a two year old one of those. But then when you look and go, "Hang on, four years old," and they're what? Well, they're not four years old yet, right? Oh yeah, but let's say let's say in two years, what are they going to be worth? And you go, "Do I want? Do I want to again?" It's the depreciation. Can I afford the depreciation? Yeah, but you know what? I reckon after two years. You've taken the hard hit on depreciation. Yeah. From there, you're dealing with the, a long tail of depreciation after that point, after yeah. two years on any of those high-end cars. Well, that's the case here in Australia anyway. Right, The first two years is when you get belted, you know, when you get kicked in the nuts by the bank manager. Yeah. I do, I do, all, I do, I do th but look, all that aside, the McCann is the EV, Right. And I, I, yeah. I brought the I brought this up briefly last week. That there's essentially a forty percent increase in price for access to the best selling model, right? That Porsche have. That's and you're going to an EV, which if Taycan is any representation. Has a free fall in depreciation because it's an EV compared to the ICE car that is outgoing. Because a, a two year old McCann retains its value okay for its category, right? It's it's pretty good. It's a better of the bunch when it comes to European compact SUVs here in Australia when it comes to resale. Okay. So they don't take the hit as hard as the other brands. It's not great, don't get me wrong, but nonetheless, we're going to increase the price by 40% and then have the EV depreciation tax, essentially, which is not officially what it's called, but inevitably what it'll be, right? The thing is, it's so are there going to be any hybrid? Nope. Right. Only just pure. just pure EV is the only way to get into a McCann. If you want to buy a McCann today, Unless it's on a showroom floor, 
You cannot get one. You can't order an ice McCann. They're done. Oh. Oh well, you know, maybe maybe it's time to kill off the Cayenne and the Mackayan. Keep them, but it's keeping the company afloat so the uh, us enthusiasts can pine over the cars we'll never be able to afford to get allocated. True, but maybe, um, I, I guess they've got to offset it, haven't they? They can keep making the combustion engine 911, but they have to, like, you know, the, the Cayman's probably going to go easy. Yeah, 100% it is. Yeah, so that's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Box to Kate and Cayenne, a uh, Cayman, yeah, uh, going EV. And McCann. Now, the reason for this fundamentally can't be anything other than the fact that as a brand with the volume of cars they manufacture now, they've got a CO2 number they've got to stay under, right? So these cars what are compensating for the fact that we can still get a GD3 or a GD4. What about biofuels? When well, they come along. That's gone quiet, hasn't it? I think it's still happening, and obviously, the, you know, the manufacture of it and the cost per liter is huge. But I mean, let's say it happens in I don't know ten years' time, right? They go mm -hmm. biofuels. We've, we've optimized it, and you can now put it in any car, any yep. classic car, modern car, whatever yep. it is. And guess what? It's going to be uh, zero. You know. Carbon, whatever coming out Car of the exhaust. Carbon, carbon out neutral out. compared to you know manufacturer versus exhaust. Exactly. Right? And and you go, hang on, my car is a three point four liter. The 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 impacts the climate is spent. It's already happened. It's been manufactured. I've used yep. it for one hundred and sixty thousand miles. But if I got three miles when it comes to impact on the environment from now, obviously I won't because the manufacturer tires and spare parts and things like that still has a and, and you know the transporting of the fuel you don't know mm -hmm. how it's transported you know that aside to keep you motoring you'd go well surely that's so much better for the environment then than going it, off by because the, um, the environmental uh, dollars have been spent right in its construction and it's uh yeah, yeah you're 100 right but look it's a uh, that's not selling more cars though yeah. Which ultimately, exactly. that's why car businesses, car manufacturers exist, to make money yep. out of selling more motor cars. I had, an, exactly. I, you, I had an interesting conversation with a gentleman at a, ca in a cafe on this topic of the EV overtake of the, you know, all brands now are just so EV-centric of to deliver these outcomes, which we spoke about three or four years ago, but now they're all coming online, right? He bought an early Model 3, right? Tesla Model 3, okay? Not a Tesla, a Tesla Model 3, right? Tesla. Yeah. And I think he said it's eight years old now, seven or eight years old. I can't remember exactly the thing. It cost him, with the options he had back then, about $70,000. Now, I'm not going to get in the nitty-gritty of what you got for $70,000 back then, but that's what it cost him. He said the running costs are minimal because you've got solar at home and he charges only ever from home and the servicing costs are minimal. I think he's been through one set of brake pads in that whole seven years or whatever, right? So it's because of the regenerative thing does a lot of the slowing the car down. This is just, again, this is just his point of view, not mine. I don't have any experience, never owned one of these cars, right? 
is what no one really took into consideration was where I'm at right now. He says, round it back to seven years. I paid $70,000 for it. I'm about to pay $4,500 vehicle disposal because the cost of replacing the battery versus the vehicle's value is too great, right? A new battery is yeah. going to cost him 30 grand or whatever. That, I, don't, I can't remember the number. That was a throwaway number. It might be more of that. It might be less than that, right? I won't get caught up in that detail. But he's at the point of vehicle disposal. God. Okay. Of a car that's seven years old. That car has actually cost him $10,000 a year to own. Because it's now literally worth, he's paying someone else to take the car away. But the thing is, if, if it doesn't need a new battery, they're still got quite high resale value at that point. It's when the battery goes, they're worthless. Yeah, correct. Yep. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, yeah, but. A seven-year-old Tesla is okay if you're happy with a 100K range. Yeah, it, the battery in it deteriorates like your phone does. There's no getting around the fact that a lithium-ion battery develops memory, charge cycles. No one does it exactly as you're supposed to, right? Sometimes you run it completely down and you shouldn't. Sometimes you top it up at the wrong time, blah, 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 right? Well, the times it never goes below 80% because you're only doing short journeys and plugging it back in. Yeah. So the battery deteriorated the point where he was down to like the equivalent of less than 60 miles per charge and it was taking 14 hours to charge. So through that frustration, the car had no value to him. He couldn't use it anymore for its intended use because of that problem. Hence, like when I say it's worthless, it's because he wasn't willing to tolerate that inconvenience, which that's a personal yeah. thing for him. Is it correct that the car was worthless? Not really. People might find value in the car at that point that it, I can get 100Ks out of the thing. But the the reality is that he's not going to be the only person in this situation and this will happen more and more. And I think that's been proven through hybrid tech. If you find me or tell me the last time you saw a generation one Prius on the road. No, and if you do the the hybrid electric part of it doesn't work. It's running on it just the petrol really inefficiently. But you don't even uh, see them anymore, do you? Yeah, I saw I saw one. I'll tell you last time I saw one. Is <laughs> you know what I went to Tenerife last year to see my yes, brother. Yes, 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 yes. He was driving one. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, what the hell is this? And he went, Oh, I needed a car and I knew somebody who had one. And they gave it to me. And it was so awful. It's like, you know, you, you know you're in something really old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, but I, but you're right. It's it's that. Because I always thought with Teslas, Teslas, um, they had individual cells that you could replace out. So you could do a test and go, goes, oh, you've got bad cells or whatever it is in the battery. Again, again uh, just, yeah, so just to say that for the clarity of the listeners and for yourself, this is not my experience. This is what I've, this was what's communicated to me from the frustration of an owner of a car who's spent 10 grand a year for the pleasure of. Now, some people would argue, yeah, but in those seven years, how much would you have spent on fuel? Now, mm. $10,000 is a lot of fuel, Ajma. It is. A lot of fuel. And don't get me wrong, other cars, $10,000 depreciation is also a lot of money, you know what I mean? Like, And the other car, an ICE car would have also depreciated across seven-year time. You know, most ICE cars, look, this is a throwaway number. It's probably down to 
30% of the car's purchase price value. But you know what? It still has value. You know what the bizarre thing is? When I think about the depreciation of cars. Yes. So I got, I bought my car for 10% of its value new as new. Sure. And that was rock bottom, right? Mm-hmm. And it's now, five years later, it's worth 20% of its value of new. Um, so, you know, from that point of view, it's not actually that bad. But then when I look at secondhand, and you know, sometimes you think, I fancy something a bit more interesting. Yes. And you know, even even you, when you think it doesn't have to be anything cool or anything in demand or classic, just something a bit more interesting. And you look, and there's always a reason to not buy it. Uh, availability of spares. Um, they might have an inherent fault, like an old BMW with plastic parts in the engine. Um, you the the road tax here for cars that are after the year two thousand bar inefficient. It's it's prohibitive. It's you know even if you don't drive it, you end up paying sixty, seventy, eighty pounds a month just for it to be parked in your drive. Um, and then you start thinking, well, do I want to do that? Then at the same time, I think no, I'll just I'll just keep I'll just keep my nine nine six. I get it, hundred percent understand. Like I've. I've had some opportunities on some older Porsches past my eyes in the last two to three weeks. And they're interesting. Like, and they're on the cusp of, should I? Yeah, but it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be something you want more than your three, five, six in your. I know these are the, I'm talking about price points where I wouldn't be required to get rid of one of my cars. No, but but it's just in terms of, for me, it's in terms of space, in terms of you know paying the insurance, that kind of stuff. Is there something that I want more? And you know, my wife says to me, "What car would you get if you, if you won the lottery?" And I went, "Just get my nine nine six fixed." Yeah, <laughs> she's would like, you? God, would you really? <laughs> would I wouldn't get rid of it. I love that thing. The, now, would you get it fixed though? This is my question. Oh yeah, I would. <laughs> I would. I'd get it fixed. I, I can't guarantee I'd get it cleaned, but I'd get it, I'd get it fixed. We've got, away. we've got a, here in Australia this coming, oh, tomorrow, there is a real the record-breaking lotto jackpot. How much is it? 200 million. Like. You want, you want a ticket? I would love to be, to prove I can be that guy that went from zero to hero to zero. What's rip it, rip it, yeah, rip it in, in 12 months ago. Hang on, where did all that 200 mil go? I want to be that guy. Well, I always think, you know, when people are broke, when they're spent, like, you know, Mike Tyson spent hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, in bankrupt. But a lot of it's to do with, you know, when you start going, oh, I just need a car to run about in, I know it'll be a Bentley Bentayga or something, you know, something awful, but the stupid amount of money with massive depreciation that's worth nothing in no time. Yeah, you pay friends and relatives tons of money to hang out with you, um, and before you know it, it's all gone. You know, you you have a private jet, you have a you live in you have a suite at a hotel, and, and it's it's blown in no time. But I think, yeah, I would. I, I over here, I think it's it's over a hundred million as well. It's, yeah, which is a comparable amount of money, right? It's just baffling. Yeah. Like the yeah, we've spoken before about if money was no object, which which cars would you buy, and um. You know, starting that conversation with the option of reality following that type of win, I, I I would find it overwhelming. I think I'd have to just sit back and relax for a good you know a couple of months to have a good think about it. But would you? 
I mean, would you have a warehouse of cars? That's no. what you got to think. No, I've, I've often, I've, I've often thought about that situation of extreme wealth, where I think it's, you know, lotto win or however you come across your, an, an exorbitant amount of money. If I couldn't drive a car regularly, would I? How many cars do I want just to look at? That's ultimately yeah. comes down to, right? Not look at very often because they're being stored somewhere. Yeah, or you would have a warehouse Pop on out. your property. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. something like something like whatever it is. And I often, I've often thought it might be four or five, might be six or seven, but it wouldn't be ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, you know, they wouldn't be new Porsches though, because you're not allowed to buy them unless you've, you know. Unless you went into the dealership and went, I'll buy every single car so I can order a spider. <laughs> the yeah, but that you know, they you, you if you want to get hold of those cars, they are, are often available through alternative yeah. methods, right? Yeah, if, if you wouldn't get it new, you'd get it, yeah. Yeah, if that was your thing. But that aside, I think the only new Porsche I'd actually I have any interest in is a GD3 RS. Which I know you're not, but yeah, for me, because I saw it on the road, it looked ridiculous. Yeah, that's what that's and that's why it interests me. It is so odd and so bizarre and so not for the road. That's and it looks literally does look like a Hot Wheels car. It is, and And you know when you when you see, well, I saw it. You know when you see it in the showroom. Yeah, yeah. It's one thing when you see it. You know, Pruninger talking about it in a warehouse, or you Mm, see it on a in a pit. Lane yeah. on a track is one thing, but when you see it going through a tiny little village in England, it just looks ridiculous. Yeah, and that's that's the that that's this level of stupidity that is the only way I'd go on a new Porsche, right? Yeah. Then, then then maybe a few older ones, but I don't know. Look, anyway, we're talking about rubbish here. I'd rather spend the money on buying a property and putting a nice track into it, a dirt track and a bitumized track. No, see over here that would be no thick. Huh? I think I'd be more more wanna live near a really nice road. And yeah, I'm, I'm not a track guy though. Yeah, look, this is Australia. I'd buy somewhere big and I'd have a twenty kilometer track. I was gonna say you'd have to drive really far to get there because you wouldn't want to live by it, but then again well, you guys well, maybe I would. Maybe I'd maybe I'd buy a coastal largemouth. Oh, you probably yeah, you would, and and then buy a helicopter to get to get there really quick. Yeah, and then the day it's finally finished, I crashed the helicopter, and that was it. They talk about me on the news. The um, <laughs> no, you become you become a multi-millionaire. Go, I know, I'm going to get in a helicopter. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, nothing crashes more. The um, yeah. No, in in, in all in all seriousness, I'll, look, good luck to uh, any ticket holders that potentially may or may not win that money tomorrow. Yeah. If it's, send hey, us if, some Patreon money. If, if it's a listener, you know where we are. You know how easily satisfied yeah. would be. The um... yeah, we have matching. <laughs> we just like them off, but can we have matching GC three RSs, please? Yeah, and with a number plate, dumb, and I'll, I'll get dumb, and you get dumber. Okay. I'll <laughs> <laughs> go to the local shop. Park outside. No. Fire it up every morning. Make noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. The um. The in other portion news. Yes. I got nothing else. Oh. Um I um okay, so I've been I've I've gotta confess. So I've been looking at 
I haven't got any money. So so the problem is I haven't got any money, right? And I'd have to get a loan if I was to buy anything. And then and then it's different. You know, before I always buy something that I like and I don't care whether it's going to lose money and I don't care if it's rubbish. So I'll just get I'll fix it. But when you haven't got any money and you think oh, I could get a loan and get it, then you have to start thinking about resale because you think yes. I need that money back. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was thinking, well, what's the cheapest sort of nine six four I could get? Then yeah, you yeah. end up looking at, you end up looking at a convertible. Then it's got you know it's tiptronic, tiptronic, yeah. And then you go, oh my god, that looks horrific. You know, on the photos they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. really nice angles. Then you go Google Images and you go, oh my god, that looks absolutely awful. Um, and then you go, okay, what's the cheapest? <laughs> cheapest 993 you can get you know and it's convertible and it's tiptronic <laughs> oh no i can't see myself driving that but i would you know coupe tiptronic i'd give that a go before i bought it i'd have to give it a go i've driven what a 964 tiptronic coupe and is it as bad as they say or is that just I, generally no, I, saying i i don't reckon it is because i've also driven a i've driven a 997 turbo tiptronic Oh, yeah, they were Tiptronic, weren't they? Yeah, they the, the 997.1 were Tiptronic, 997.2 were PDK, right? Of both those yeah. cars have driven yeah, Tiptronic. Yeah, And I... Is it a good auto? Meh, it's okay. It, it, but you can overcome it with engine performance is how it felt, would probably be the best way to describe it. It's... I, to me, it's... A, it, it's a, it depends what you want the car for. As a daily, it'd probably fine if you want it for your sunday yeah. blast hmm, don't know yeah, but, but yeah. why are you buying that car you know if it's your car for engagement you need the third pedal that's what i think right okay so, so then then i had thought yep okay so what if i bought a convertible tiptronic 964 and i turned it into a manual target i bet forget the target bit and just talk about convert to the manual you're buying that Sorry? Just forget yeah, the target convert- bit. Just look at the manual conversion, right? Yeah, it's thousands and thousands and thousands, isn't it? If you did it for less than ten thousand pounds, I'd be surprised. Because it's uh yeah, because the gearbox is gonna be tons of money, then you've got to get some parts that are it's a G fifty it's a G fifty gearbox, right? They're yeah. relatively common. Okay, so that the actual availability's there. It's just you have to pay. And then if you bought a used gearbox, because there's no such thing as a brand new G50, you're going to have to get it yeah. reconditioned. You're not going to put a questionable, go to the trail, putting a questionable quality gearbox in, are you? you I mean, I probably would, but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll probably give it a go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> look, at, look at Jeff. He put each bought like a Subaru gearbox off Gumtree and just put it in. He's, he's Al Ferrari. And yeah, but he's okay with going to buy another one. These are thousand dollar gearboxes, not eight thousand dollar gearboxes. And he could probably do it quicker than a, a Formula One pit crew. Yeah, you're probably right. The yeah, so I've took three years. I I've gone down the path you're talking about a Tiptronic uh, nine nine three coupe, right? Yeah, and but did, I'm talking convertible, and then convert it to Targa. I mean, where are you going to get the Targa bits from? I don't know. Well, they didn't make many Targa, 964 targets, did they? Yeah, exactly. I don't, look, but I don't maybe, know. maybe it's the same, ultimately, it's the same body shape as a G body, right? Underneath. Because they're the ones, you know, they, they resto mod, 
Okay, listeners, 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 listeners. Can someone reach out to Ajmal and talk sense into him here? He's going, he's going down this tunnel, right? You were talking about resale. Oh, so far, you're changing it. You're changing the gearbox, right? Yeah. You so straight away, thirty percent of cars' value is gone because you oh, cut and shut, oh. and it'd be questionable quality because I know how much of a tight ass you are, right? No, the no, quality of the work. Well, it would be personal quality. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like you. Oh, look. You're not going to believe this, Mark. A Passat clutch uh, pedal works in my Porsche. These are the conversations we'll be having, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right, rather than you going getting the Porsche in. clutch pedal, right? I know what you'd be like, right? Then the target bit, oh, I couldn't find anything. So what we actually did was we had to chop a target hoop out of a car that we found at a wrecker. Yeah. And then trim it down right. to 964 height because the G-body height's much, you know, it's, you know, 30 mil higher. Yeah, or or I just found an old scaffolding bar, and then <laughs> and then and then you get to the last bit to discover only to discover because of how few cars they actually built a nine six four Targa rear window cost you eight thousand pounds. Yeah, there is that. There is that. So no, okay, so no, is what I'm saying to you. Okay, so. So I'm just going to be driving around in a convertible Tiptronic 964. I will say this. This is worth knowing going down this rabbit hole you're talking about, right? Yeah. All, just about every single Porsche and Piek family member own and regularly drive 993 Cabriolet manuals. The family's obsessed with them. 993 cab manuals. Oh. So there must be something with that car that brings a lot of joy to them. Now, I'm not saying it works for everyone, but you'd think they'd have some insight as to what a good car is with their access. Yeah. On the flip side. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you bought a camera. No, nine nine ones are dropping below forty thousand pounds here. So I could sell my no. We've talked about this before. I could sell my nine twelve and my nine nine six and get into a easily and have money left over and get into a nine nine one. But then you just go, no. Oh, you you know your that. your repair costs that you you know again that think to clench that happens with your nine nine six. You imagine what that'd be like on your nine nine one because let's face it. You'll you'll somehow miraculously find a two hundred and ten thousand mile nine nine one for forty thousand pounds, right? It's had it's had a dog live in it, right? Well, I wouldn't buy something that the dogs lived in. Oh, mate, you're one hundred percent right. And the motor will be flogged within an inch of its life, and you're going through exactly the same problems with exhaust um, header stud bolts that need drilling out. Except now it's on a nine nine one; they'll charge you three times as much as a nine nine six. How old is a 991? 12 years 20, old? 2012? Yeah, 12 years old. Yeah, 12 years old. So, because oh, let's, let's say it's a well-used one, right? Someone's going to 140,000 miles on it. Just stop for a sec. 2012? Yeah. yeah. That car's aged pretty well. That's a good-looking car for a 12-year-old car, isn't it's, it? Yeah, it, it has. But it'll be much bigger than mine. 996, right? You'd be able to park 996 in the passenger seat of a 991. Yeah, and it'll be 
And you're a Sasquatch, uh, so it'll probably be more comfortable, and your daughter may only need half her legs to sit behind you. Yeah, that's true. Have they got a longer know. wheelbase? Are they actually phys- are they bigger? I know they're bigger body wise, but is it a, is it a longer wheelbase in a nine one one compared to a nine nine six? It's wider. I know. Yeah, that. definitely. Yeah, for sure it is. Because yeah, yours, you got a skinny nine nine six as well, haven't you? Yeah, it's a skinny one. Yeah. So I don't know, but the thing is, it's it's a much more modern car. I, I, maybe I should try one. Maybe I should try one. Do it. The I've driven a couple of them. Maybe three nine nine ones. I've test driven them. We can. I thought about buying one. Um, James from Curban Canyon and Andy yeah. have both. Actually, James got a nine nine one at the moment, and Andy's had one. Yeah, but Andy went back to his nine six four, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. You should have a chat to him about it. I did because yeah, James. James, it's his second one, isn't it? Yeah. But he he's had one, like, went to a 996 and then went back to He's the size of three people, right? He is the size of three people. You know, yeah, so as a result, he fits in a big car. He's often talked about how much he likes a 993, but he needs a 98 size 993, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. So I think even the 997, I think like he had to do the console delete and all that sort of stuff to be yeah, comfortable in it. Yes. You know, I Send think the, the 991s, that, now the cars are getting that size, he's more comfortable in it. Oh. Jesus, I'll tell you what, those spider wheels he put on his 991 look nice. It does look good. More of a, I like everything standard or stock. Interesting. Well, like they're a Porsche the... wheel. They're optional. Yeah. Hmm. I reckon you go and drive one. But the thing is, you're right. I think that's what I need to do. My my concern for you on that car, though, is it'll be too vanilla. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. It'll be too good. It's going to be just another modern car. Yeah, it's going to be like your Golf. Yeah. You just go, yeah, it's comfortable, it's reliable, it's all of those things. Well, unless you get a manual one, but if you get a manual one, it's probably going to throw it out of your price point. Uh, I don't know. Probably just a bit more flogged. They're seven-speed, too, the manuals in those cars, if I remember. Yeah, that's for the emissions thing, isn't it, just to keep I, I don't know. But the GD3s are only six-speed. Maybe just get a GD3, 991 GD3. Should we hear a 996 GT3 is too expensive for me? I, I reckon they're too dear. I'll, look, I'll have a look. I reckon 997s of GD3s are better value than 996 GD3s at the moment. Um, I think 997 is on its way up, isn't it? Quite yeah, but I'm talking about getting in now. Oh, GT3 is not for me. If you, I think it's just too too just powerful and, to enjoy. On the nah, just not even get an earlier one. Go and drive one. I'm gonna try a 991, just vanilla C2 911. Bog stock. Yeah, exactly, and just see what it's like. Mm-hmm. The you know, nine nine seven is still quite cheap. I tell you, I tell you what would be worthwhile taking for a drive. You're going to drive nine nine one. Drive nine nine one point two, the turbocharged one. Oh uh, yeah, because the the non turbo nine nine one is a lot of money. Hmm. Manual. Is it? I think it is. Yeah. Go and drive a nine nine two, a nine nine one point two, turbo, motored nine nine one. 
Yeah, actually, no, it's, it's the GTS. It's the GTS. Yeah, GDS. Yeah, naturally, I suppose GDS is their drug money, especially yeah. if you want a manual. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. Right. Well, let's finish on that on that note, listeners. Ajmal's going to drive a 991. And then I'm going to convert a 964 into a manual <laughs> target. Uh, right hand drive from left hand drive. I don't think and... the no, I don't think the 964 target proportions look right. Uh, so 991 targets have come down a lot in value lately. And they're a good yeah, looking I, car. I, I never understood why the 993 target was so much cheaper. It's not anymore, but it used to be so much cheaper. It's cause it, well, it's got the, the funny gla triple glass roof thing. Yeah. And and the 996 target, that the hatchback. the same. Yeah. Yeah, the, 99, the 993 is not a hatchback. The 996 and 997 are hatchbacks. Yeah. So I don't know. Actually, I've got a lot of things to consider. A 997 Targa is a cheap 997. Well, I I, I am doing that thing again where I'm looking at all these different options, none of which I can afford. I can't afford just the rear screen for a 964 on its own with nothing else. No, no, you can't afford to fix the exhaust on your 996 right now. Exactly. Or the shocks or the... Time machine guides. Yep, you're right. So, yeah. Anyway, anyway let's, let's call it on that. <laughs> okay, thanks everyone for listening today. We've crapped on enough. The um, Ajmal can be followed on most social media as Flat Cap Driver. That's very same Flat Cap he's actually not wearing today. And okay, he's just put it on for the last uh, token couple of minutes of the podcast. I'm Mark and Cars. That's M A R C A N D C A R S on most social media. Please reach out. If you've got any commentary on the rubbish we've been talking about for the last hour or so, please don't hesitate in correcting us because inevitably we were wrong. Thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on all your preferred podcast listening platforms. Thanks very much for today as well. See you on the next one. See ya.